Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. I mean, this is awesome just to, to worship God together in this space. Well, if we haven't met, uh, my name is Keith. It's a privilege of mine to serve here uh, on the Dream Team at Blaze Church. want to say uh, welcome home to every single one of you, but especially if today's your first Sunday with us in this space or online, a special welcome home. If you're sitting in this space, one of the chairs in front of you should have a sticker that says first time here, question mark. And uh, if your answer to that is yes, or maybe you've been coming for a little bit, we'd love for you to scan that code just a way for us to connect with you, get you a card, say thank you for being our guest. And before you walk out that door, if you are new, please stop by our welcome home area. We have a gift we want to give you just to say thanks for uh, joining us today. It's, it's a big deal that you do that. Oh, we're continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago called Big Ten. Now, how many of you guys have been enjoying Big Ten so far, been learning a little bit? Yeah, we're working through the Ten Commandments. And really, we wanted to see that these are not irrelevant. They're not just outdated. They weren't just for the people of Israel thousands of years ago but rather they matter to us today. And, and after today's service, everybody, you're going to pat yourself on the back and say, we're halfway there. In fact, let's do it right now. Everybody, just, we're halfway there. Like, we got, we got five down and five more to go. Before we actually get into the fifth commandment today, I do want to share with you a little bit of what the process was like for me this week, preparing for this message and writing and being in prayer and being before the Lord so as I was looking at the fifth commandment, and, and if you don't know it, I'm going to do a spoiler real quick, okay? And then we'll read it together. But the fifth commandment is honor your parents. And we'll, we'll get a little more context in a few minutes. But as I was sitting down to prepare for this message, honor your parents, um, I, I felt the, the weight of this command, unlike the other commands that we've, we've preached through so far. And there's just something unique about this one. So if there are 50 different adults in this space right now, I recognize that there are 50 different parent-child relationships that are here, right? Like, and even if you have a sibling that's with you, there's, it's still different. Like, the way you related to mom and dad is different than any other person. So as I sat down to prepare, I felt all of that coming on me. Like, okay, here I am with, an, with a blank computer screen. That little cursor's just flashing. Like, write something, Keith. You got to start. Like, the Bible's open, and just, and I'm, okay, Exodus 20, like, honor your parents. And I really expressed to the Lord, just being honest with you, I expressed, I can't speak to every single person in this space today. Like, I, I can't speak to their stories. I don't, I don't know some of you very well or your story with your parent at all. And I just felt that, and I said, God, like, I can't speak to each person. And here's what I sense God say back to me. You can't, but I can. <laughs> And I felt a little, a little bit easier. I was like, okay, so do you mean this is, this is on you? He's like, yeah, this is on me. You're not as special as you think you are, buddy. I'm like, okay, good. So I can botch this up and you'll still do a good job. But really, here's the three words that I was praying as I prepared. And I felt like I wanted to share them before we even read. Because I'm going to ask you to, to live these words out this morning around you. The first word is the word grace. That as we read... And as I begin to speak, without knowing your story, like if, if during the course of this time together you start debating me in your head and you say at some point in our little fictitious debate, well, you don't know my story, I'm already telling you you're right. So you already won the debate. Like, that's awesome. Like, 
I don't know your story. I don't know your parents. I don't know how that looked for you. I'm asking you to show me grace this morning and just listen. Just then the second word is this sensitivity, which means I think that it would, it would be really good for you if you would just be sensitive to what God wants to do this morning as we talk about your relationship with your parents. And I know it's going to be uncomfortable. If you've ever had any kind of medical procedure done before, you know it's uncomfortable. And yet the cutting and the mending and all of it, if we allow it, it will lead to healing at some point. So it's going to be a little poking around at different points during this message, and it will feel uncomfortable. I'm asking you to be sensitive. And the third word is dependent. I want all of us to just depend on God because this is a big topic. It really is. For us in 30 minutes to try and talk about all of the hurt and the pain, maybe there's abuse and neglect in your story with your parents. There might be abandonment. Some of you don't even know your dad to this day. Uh, there could be good memories and patterns of love and rejoicing, and, and all of that's in this room. So I, I just think we would do good to be gracious, sensitive. And Can we do that this morning? Yeah. All right, so we're going we're gonna to do that. So the whole point of this series, as we've said throughout the weeks, is the Ten Commandments reveal the heart of God and reflect the Christian life. That if you don't know who God is today, we believe, as you just saw on this video and what's on the wall in the back, we believe that every person, every single one, was created to know God. And that knowing God comes through the person of Jesus Christ. We believe that through God's word, we know him more, like we see who he is. And the Ten Commandments are a great place to turn if you want to know who God is. And as we discover who he is, we also at the same time discover what our lives now look like because Jesus has made us new. That's what we call the Christian life. So just a little recap, the first commandment was have no other gods except the God. So what are we learning? Well, God wants to be worshiped alone, and, and that's how we live our lives. And the second commandment, don't make an image about him. The third commandment, don't use his name in vain. I love last week's, take a nap, somebody. Like a Sabbath. How many of you took a nap and justified it because the Bible says so? You just told, you told your spouse, I can't help you with the garden today. I ha the pastor said I have to take a nap. If that was you, that's not what I preached at all. So that's, that's out of context. But really, we learn God even cares about our schedule and about our health, like our soul's health, our physical health, our emotional health. So we're learning who God is and what the Christian life is like. And today, we're going to continue with that in the fifth command. Now, before we actually read it together— Historically, Christians have looked at the Ten Commandments, and they've kind of broken them down in two big categories. And this isn't because God did it. It's just how we viewed it, and because of something Jesus said later in, in, um, in the world's history, after the Ten Commandments were given. But Christians have seen the first four commands as being very vertical in their nature. So think about it. They all have to do with how we love the Lord our God. No other gods, no, no images, don't use his name wrong, honor the Sabbath— but then the fifth command seems to turn a corner, and all of a sudden it's laying a foundation for our horizontal love. Or as Jesus said, the whole law is filled in this, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you get to the fifth commandment, we suddenly see, okay, parents, and then we get, next week we'll talk about do not murder, and, and, and don't commit adultery, and lying, and stealing, all the things that we might hurt one another with. So I say that because this command today— it's very easy to dismiss it as being irrelevant because I know what side of the wall I'm teaching on this morning, okay, everybody? Like, two weeks ago, I had the privilege to be on the other side of the wall, and while my wife Amy was preaching to adults, I got to teach to elementary kids. It was awesome. I mean, I had goldfish in the middle of the message, everybody. I think we should do that on this side of the wall. So I understand that I'm talking to what I'll call adult children today, which simply means we're adults in this space or students, 
But, but we, have, we still have this command, and it matters. This command matters. In fact, an early church father, Augustine, he was in the 300s, he said this about this command. He says, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? <laughs> so that was just his take on it. He's like, if we can't get this one right, is there really chance for us honoring anybody else if we can't honor a primary relationship in our life? So let's read it. And again, grace, sensitivity, and dependence is going to get uncomfortable. I promise you that. But there's a point. So let's just read the command. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It'll be on the screen. Let's kind of all read it together. Uh, it's short enough that we can do that. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So context. Commandment number five. And there's not just ten commands in, in the Old Testament or even in the first five books of the Old Testament, which is the first half of the Bible. There's over 600 commands. There's a lot of law keeping there. And so when we look at all the commands, and again, next week is like, do not murder. How does this one get in the Big Ten? <laughs> like, oh, by the way, don't kill nobody, don't steal nothing, and honor your parents. Like, it almost feels like this one feels not as important. Like, maybe it should be out of the Big Ten and, like, just in Sunday school or children's church. Does it really matter? Like, does it matter how we treat our parents or specifically if we honor them? Well, later when the law is given, the, the generation that comes next, God repeats the law to them in a book called Deuteronomy, which simply means the second giving of the law. And he gives a little more clarity on what should be done if this command's not kept. We're going to read it, and we're all going to be very taken back. And you might say, this is exactly why I'm not a Christian. I don't understand how God would say something. And, and that's where I'm asking for sensitivity here. We're just going to read what the Scripture says. So look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 21. If someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him. Now pause for a second. If you've got those kids, give me a good amen. They can't hear you. It's all right. All right, so you all know where we find ourselves here. We know this. All right, doesn't listen. All right, it's rebellious, all this. So what, is, what does the Bible say here? His father and mother shall take hold of him. I think by the shirt collar, to be honest. Just grab that boy out. And they're going to bring him to the elders at the gate of the town. And they shall say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. He, he's a freeloader, everybody. He's just, he's stay, overstayed his welcome. He's eating too much here. He's drinking all the good stuff. He won't listen to us. Like, okay, so what are we going to do? Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. Now, context, this isn't recreationally, everybody. Like, this isn't like you're just going to go out on a good, good high. Like, no, this is with rocks. So you just need to understand that. I've got to fast forward a few. They're going to throw rocks at this boy until he dies. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. So I, I can see some of the reactions in this space. And I think there's two big reactions that are taking place. The, the one is we read this and it's like, that is incredibly extreme. Are you, are you kidding me? Kill the kid because he wouldn't listen? And then others of you, I can see it on your face. You're saying, you know what? You get me on a good day when my son's acting up. And I, I understand why that's in the Bible. Um, so the latter needs prayer, okay? So 
just a little bit of context, because I don't have time to go into everything here. We're reading from a very different time in history. Uh, we're reading about a principle in Scripture that was applied. We know God's love for children. We know God's love for honoring his parents. What we need to take today, because we can't spend all the time here in the context thousands of years ago, we need to see just the answer to our question, does it matter if children honor their parents? Again, adult or young, the answer is yes, it matters to God. Like, that's something we have to land on this morning before we move forward. God actually cares about how you treat your parents today. Whether they deserve to be honored or not, we'll talk about that. So if that's true, then we really need to establish what is the honor that God's looking to us to give to our parents. So the word honor in Hebrew is the word kabod. Everyone say that with me, kabod. And it's probably more like kabod, but I don't want you spitting on your neighbor this morning, okay? But it's, it's, it's a Hebrew word, kabod, which simply means glory and weight. So think of it, when you show someone honor, what you are declaring is you have more weight in my life than I do. You weigh more. You matter to me. I'm, I'm attributing glory in your direction. I'm, I am honoring you. Now, if you are a Christ follower this morning, if, if Christ has formed your identity, you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you need to understand that your, your life is all about honor. Like, you are called to honor other people. And it's not my words. It's the words of Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. He says, love one another with brotherly affection. And let's read this together. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, I don't know what your social media feed looks like, <laughs> but my social media feed does not look like a whole bunch of people trying to outdo each other in honor. <laughs> Again, it's algorithms, so yours is different than mine. But could you imagine if when you got on, all you saw was just these beautiful honoring posts about other people, other political parties, our president? Mm, that's uncomfortable. You know there's a scripture in, in, in Bible that says, honor the emperor, honor the king to believers. Fast forward to modern day. I'll just let that ride there. It's a little awkward. But could you imagine— if we actually live this out and said, I'm going to outdo another person in showing honor. If I'm going to be known for something, I'm going to be known for being someone that outdoes every other person in honor. Yeah. Like, how many were thankful this morning when you came in that we had a wonderful dream team member, Megan, open the door for you? How many had the door open for you? Can we honor her this morning? Yeah, that was awesome. Could you imagine if when you walk down that pathway, you said, you know what I'm about to do? I'm about to open the door for her. She wouldn't even know what's coming. And she's holding the door for you, and you say, no, step out of the way. I'm going to hold the door for you. And then you guys just have a door-opening battle. No one ever makes it inside. There's a line of people out there that just want to hold the door. I mean, it's a silly example, but think if when we walked in, we said, I want to honor every person in this space, even if they don't sing the song that I want them to sing. Even if the lights are a little too dark, I wish it was a little brighter in here. Even if the coffee was a little bit cooler, it's a little too hot. I'm going to honor everybody. Could you imagine if that was your attitude when you go to work tomorrow, when you get on the LIE or out the valley of the shadow of death, somebody? I mean, you got to avoid potholes. It's everywhere. Like if you just, I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor. What am I doing? I'm going I'm to give you more weight. I'm going to give you more glory than you even deserve because biblical honor is not based on deserving it. It's given simply because every single one of you bear the image of a God who made you. 
Now, the image might be marred by sin if Christ is not the center of your life and made you new, but every person bears the image of God, and so we honor all life. We honor, all, we honor life in the womb. We honor life outside the womb. We honor people black, white, any color. We honor all life. Yet our culture says, I'll honor you if you deserve it. You got that little verified next to your name. You got some influencers. You've made it. I'll honor you. You've done some good things. I'll honor you. Biblical honor says you just simply do it. And we'll all say yes, 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 until I say, oh, by the way, that includes mom and dad. <laughs> and then we say, ugh, that's hard because it is. That's the tension this morning. Sometimes I find it's harder to honor strangers than it is to honor people closest to me because they honestly haven't hurt me much and they have no big relational connectivity to my life. But love your neighbor as yourself. Honor your parents includes honor your parents. <laughs> John Calvin, uh, reformer in the 1500s, he says that honor includes three words. It's obedience. Okay, so we understand that if we were, we were younger, like obedience is there. It's reverence. I'm going to revere you. And it's gratitude. Isn't it hard to dishonor someone that you're thankful for? Like, if I'm thankful for you today, it's going to be a whole lot easier for me to honor you today. Simply because God says honor. We have a culture of honor here. I, I absolutely love honoring people in this space. And this morning, we're actually going to honor someone who's very special to our Blaze Church family. So you may not be familiar with our story here at Blaze Church. We'll be a church established of us pastoring seven years this October. And when we first started the church, uh, Amy and I, and, and Dave was there, and, and a couple, Edwin was there, and you were there. You were a tin man, and, and you were there, and you were a scarecrow. No one got that? The Wizard of Oz joke? Thank you. I mean, I, th I thought that was funny. Right? There, there was a couple people that were there, and we just, just faithfully just serving the Lord. And, and you, you weren't, you may have not been there, but here's what Sunday looked like. Every Sunday, is this on? I don't think this is on. I don't know how to turn on. It's okay. I would, I would start. I would lead the worship. Hey, Truth Community Church, stand up, everybody. Everybody. It was like five of us, right, Dave? Come on, everybody. If you're a first-time guest, there was no first-time guest. We would, we would, I would lead the worship, and then I would walk over here, and I'd say, I'm so glad you're here today. If it's your first time here. Everything is still here, but there was no first-time guest. And then, all right, now we're going to worship the Lord. Give me one more second here. <laughs> Come on, we would sing one last song, and, it, and that was it. And we, we did that from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 came. I like to call it the year of deliverance for Pastor Keith. <laughs> and no, it was awesome. I, I love it. And still to this day, I'll occasionally get here, but we have such a dynamic worship team. Praise the Lord. But it was just awesome. And our church started to grow, and people started to come that had gifts and said, I'm going to use my gifts to honor the Lord. And uh, in 2018, someone who could play the piano came to the church and said, man, I want to honor the Lord. Gifted someone I grew up with, actually, which made it even more special, known in my entire life. In fact, I don't know if you, you remember this, but I remember um, one year older than me in kindergarten, like playing outside on the playground together, like just all, all this different history here. And it's uh, been an incredible journey, four years of faithfulness, of serving of saying, I'm going to use my gifts to be a blessing. And so many have been blessed. And today we're going to honor Evan Registrato for all. Come on up, Evan, real quick. And if you know Evan, despite him being on the stage, Evan is not someone that likes attention like this. And so I'm going to make this so quick. 
He's going to come up, but we wanted to give Evan a certificate of honor for you, sir, for how you serve this church faithfully, and just a little gift to you, um, because we love you. We truly do, and we're grateful for you. Thank you. And um, it's just exciting, and, and Evan is going to, Evan's gonna, got the call to move. He's moving, and um, he's going to be heading out of New York State, and we just love Evan, and before he, he moves out, we wanted to just declare blessing over him, honor him, and so today when Evan's out there, give him a high five, give him a handshake, tell him thank you for serving so faithfully, and he's still serving the Lord where he's going, and we're grateful for that, so Evan, thank you so much. One more time, can we just, thank you, we love you. Such an honor, such an honor. And this room's filled with people who, who are honored. Paul says this in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. What if that was our culture always? In humility, I'm going to value others above myself. I'm going I'm I'm to honor I'm going to love. So let's bring it back to where we are because, again, you're probably thinking of the people right now where it's easiest to honor. <laughs> it's easiest to show value to, but the command has to do with our parents. And, and listen, if there's 50 different stories in this room, there's at least 50, probably 100 different good reasons why mom and dad don't deserve to be honored. At different times, we can feel that. We can justify that. And if that's where we are, we're not the first to do it. In Jesus' day— when he walked this earth 2,000 years ago, the religious leaders of his day were doing the same thing. They were saying, I don't have to honor my parents, and here's why. And they came up with a good reason. Let me show it to you in Mark chapter 7, verse 9. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. You heard it already. Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, and here's what they were saying, but you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition, and then Jesus just throws salt on it. And this is only one example among many others. <laughs> Put a little salt on the wound there. Like, I can go on of how you're disobeying the law for your own preferences. But I'll just give you one big one. And he takes commandment number five. So here's what they were doing. In this society at this time, aged parents solely relied on their children taking care of them. There was no other government assistant. There was nothing, no other groups of people. There were no organizations. There was no 401ks. There was no retirement plans. It was your children, and it's how God created the system of honor. The children were to honor their parents. And what these children were doing was they would look at the money that they had for mom and dad, and they would use a man-made word that they made up called Corbin. Everyone say Corbin. Cor what that meant was this money, mom and dad, that was for you, I just declared a Corbin, which means it's actually for God now. Sorry, I can't help you. I'm going to use it for God. Now, doesn't that sound like a foolproof argument? I mean, what are they to do? It's for God. I can't help you. And God's saying, I never told you to do that. Maybe you got in a little, little tiff, or maybe it was a big blowout, or maybe it's valid for you not to help your parents, but God says, you're breaking the command. I never said you can, what's the word? 
put more weight on you than the weight that's deserved to go on your parents. And Jesus calls him out on it. So in this room, there are varying de like degrees of tension right now. For some of us, you're thinking about the abuse and the neglect and the hardship and how they were absent. And it feels wrong, if you're honest, to dare show your parents honor for what they did to you or your siblings or, your, or your, maybe it's your dad to your mom. For others, you're processing this and you're saying, okay, well, I had good parents, and yet there's still tension. It's hard for me to, to do this. How can we actually live this out is what I want to share as we, we close this morning. And it's found in the New Testament, the writings of Paul in Ephesians chapter 6. And here's what he writes. There's, there's a key phrase in there that will help us. Children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, I understand that we may look at this and say, oh, that's talking about children, which means it's an age category, and it's saying obedience, not honor. So this is really talking about, like, the other side of the wall. Like, think, Keith, you're in the wrong room. Like, this is Blaze Kids material. Like, save it for when you teach the elementary. Like, and you'd be right if not for what Paul writes next. Because Paul, remember, when he writes, he's not writing Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, and then verse 2. He's simply writing under the inspiration of God. There was no verse in chapter numbers. Those came later because it was probably just too hard to find where we all were. So we've got an easier system than this. So the next thing he writes is what you've heard the third time today. Honor your father and your mother. He, he brings it together for us. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So what Paul is doing is he's giving us the way by which we might keep the commandment. And it's found in the first three words in that verse that we read. In the Lord. In the Lord. Would you say that with me? In the Lord. When it's hard to honor our parents, justifiably so, we recognize God is not calling me to do this in Keith, in myself, because I can't, in the Lord. It, it, it's really our devotion to and our honor for our parents flows from our devotion to and our honor for the Lord. It starts with honoring the Lord. That's why it's the fifth commandment. It's foundational to our horizontal love, but it does not proceed have no other gods before me. Everything flows from what we've been reading. Okay, so I'm going to honor in the Lord when it's really hard to do so. When culture says I shouldn't honor that person, I shouldn't honor my parents, they don't deserve it. We say, but in the Lord, in the Lord, it's possible. It's why we sang this morning, Jesus, Jesus, how I need you. For some of us, when we think about honoring our parents, that's exactly the prayer we need to breathe out. I need you. I can't do this on my own. I would like to suggest this morning that the reason why we really, really struggle with honoring our parents is because our parents are still forming our identity in some way. Think about it. Your parent relationship is primary to who you are. It's how you really discover who you are from an early age. I'll give you some examples. If you had a good parent, then maybe today you continue to idolize them and you so want to be like them and not let them down. Or you have a successful parent, and every time you get together, maybe even later today at a barbecue, you'll talk about what you did at the company, and you might have a parent that says, oh, that's nice, son, I did that. What else? And you feel like you don't have their approval yet. Or maybe they were abusive, and you resent them so much 
that you think you're free from their control that you haven't really forgiven yet. They still control you. They're still forming your identity. So look at what Scripture says about that. The Spirit that you received, that means when, when we're in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. The Spirit that you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Do you know what this is saying? Paul is giving us the gospel here. He's saying that at one point you were a slave to others. You might have been a slave to yourself, that you built your whole identity and your worldview and everything on you, on your good works, on your accomplishments, or you built it on what your parents thought of you. And if they thought less of you, you were crushed and devastated. And if they thought so much of you, you felt elevated until you let them down. Honestly, we are slaves. But now because of the work of Christ, the gospel, the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in us. And now we are adopted children of God. Like that's a beautiful promise that we're given. So we can look at our parents and say, I used to need your approval, but now I don't. And so I can honor you freely. I used to resent you from all the hurt and all the pain and you held me captive, but I found freedom in Jesus and now I can honor you freely. Like this is, if we're struggling with honoring our parents, I would suggest we still have our identity formed by other, someone other than Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 1. Jesus says this, I, I, John says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of of God. The great love he's lavished on you. Jesus honored his father. In the garden, he says, not my will, but your will be done, father. And he goes to the cross to pay the price for our sin so that you and I might experience his great love. So that you and I might say, that's who we are. <laughs> like, if you want to know who you are, you are a child of God. And that's, I love this last part. The reason why it may not make sense to people around you to honor your parents when they know your story with your parents is because they have yet to know who God is. They, 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 but they are invited to know him. That's what we believe. Every person invited to know God. If you know him today, then this has to be your truth. Here, here's the, the sticky statement of today's message. I am free to honor my parents in the Lord because God is my father. That, that's the whole thing right there. Look at that. I'm free, which means I'm not bound any longer. My identity is not being formed by any person. I can honor my parents. I can throw weight their way. Do they deserve it? No. But I'm going to do it. How? In the Lord? With his help? Well, how, how, how do you know God like that? Because he's my father. Because he's not distant. He didn't just create me and give me a list of rules to keep. That's religion. No, he loves me. He died for me. So this is possible only through Christ. Now, how you do this, how, the practical, that's what the Holy Spirit will do in your heart this week. I believe that. For some, it might be that you send a text that you haven't sent in a long time, just saying hi. It might be that you pick up the phone. It might be you go out for coffee. It might just be that you begin to write and reflect about all the things that your parents did do. I mean, at the very least, you're here because of them. You know how bio biology works, everybody. Like, 
as much as you may resent, many of them might not even know them. Yet you're here because of them. At the very least, there's a, there's a layer of gratitude. But I, I don't want to give you ways to honor. I really want the Holy Spirit to do that. Because again, what do we start with? This is, a, this is a tough command without knowing your story. But I know who does. God knows your story. And the Father is saying, I'll carry your burden. Come, run to me. Come to me. There was a moment where Jesus' family on this earth, they were looking for him. And the crowds were saying, hey, your family's here. Like, go spend some time with your family. And look at what he says. This is beautiful. I'll end with this. Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. Do you see the beauty of that statement there? It's a theme that we see throughout Scripture, especially the New Testament, that the people of God who have been adopted are now the family of God. Like whatever your family looks like today between you and your parents, your brothers or sisters or cousins or whatever that might be, you've got to know that in Christ, you're now a part of the family of God. And I want to let you in on a little secret about this family. We're dysfunctional. <laughs> we all have different stories and backgrounds. And what brings us together is the perfect work of Jesus Christ. And that the author of our faith is also the perfecter of our faith. And that's why scripture constantly says, bear with one another, love one another, honor one another, forgive one another. If you're in Christ, I want you to know you're part of the family of God. And I know for me, I'm so thankful for the family of God. And locally, I'm so thankful for my Blaze family. How many of you are thankful that you have a family at Blaze Church? Like, we, yeah, we've heard over and over again of people who say, like, I just feel like I'm at home here. I just feel like I'm welcomed here. And I want you to know that's not, that's not simply a culture that you're walking into. It's a culture that's created based on biblical values and principles. We are a family, as per Scripture, the family of God. And in a few weeks, there's going to be a way for you to connect even more with our Blaze family through something we're calling Growth Track. So Growth Track is going to be coming out in a couple weeks on our website and we're going to make a big deal about it. You'll get materials about it. You'll get emailed about it. Because through Growth Track, you're going to discover exactly how to be a part of the family of God. And Blaze Church is just one expression of the family of God. I'm thankful that right now the family of God is meeting all around this world. Amen? That there's a church right now in Africa somewhere, in Asia somewhere, and people around our country gathering and worshiping the Lord. That's the family of God. But we would never want someone coming to this space feeling like, I don't belong I don't know what to believe. I want to become all that God has for me. All of that's going to be in growth track. So be on the lookout for that. Today, we're going to respond by taking our family meal together. Communion, the Lord's Supper. This is the meal that Jesus gave us where he said, do this and remember me. We're going to take together and we're going to remember that God is our Father. We're grateful. So in just a moment, our welcome team will come around and give out the communion elements before they do, I want to instruction. This moment is a sacred moment that the church has honored for 2,000 years, started by Jesus. And in Corinthians, a book in the New Testament, Paul gives us instruction on how to honor this moment. And one of his clear instructions is that this is for those who are in Christ. Meaning if this morning you're in this space and you have yet to surrender your life to Jesus, that he's not your Lord and Savior, that, that you wouldn't ever say that you're a Christian or that you're living for him, then as the communion elements come by, just pass the basket down. No harm, no foul. But we really see that this is a beautiful, reverent moment. And if your life is found in Jesus, it's formed by him. 
Maybe you're a first-time guest, but you know Christ is your Savior. Celebrate with us this morning at the Lord's table. And so our welcome team will come, and they'll give out the elements. I'll ask that everyone hold it and wait. Once you receive, if you're going to take, just stand up. Join our worship team. They're going to lead us in a response song, and then we'll all take together. So before we stand, let me pray. Go ahead, bow your heads. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word and for your goodness. Thank you for your grace this morning. Thank you for your word. It is strong, and yet it is filled with invitation and hope. And God, I pray for every person here that we would realize it is only in the Lord that we are even capable to the least degree of honoring our parents the way you call us to, a way that's not normal, a way that's not the way the world does it. Lord, I pray that in those tense moments and in those challenging moments of honor that we would come back to in the Lord. We thank you for this time now to come to celebrate communion together. We thank you for this song that we'll sing out that invites us to come to you, to run to our Father, where we can find healing and hope and freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen.